This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Spike Cohen. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike Rabbi Run Cohen, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters are, of freedom. Are we back to rap names or, or no? I literally like I haven't had time to come up with a list of names, and that was the first thing that popped in my head as I was saying Spike. No, I like it, Rabbi Run. Hey, folks, thanks so much for tuning into this incredible episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom. Why is it incredible? Because you're here. So come and uh, like and subscribe and comment and do all the stuff that helps boost the algorithm. Share, 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 sharety, share, share. And uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, don't just subscribe. Hit the bell. Hit the bell. I want your phone to explode with notifications every time we go live. Give the gift of Muddy Waters today. Kids love it. Kids love it. Uh, You can tell that we are a very professional show now because both of us are using earbuds as opposed (laughs) to the earphones. So we are definitely professional. Um, First and foremost. Make this look thinner. We do, yeah. Like I'm like it might. It, it doesn't feel right right now. Yeah, I feel like it, it should took be. me a while. It took me a while. Uh, uh, first and foremost, uh, <laughs> allow me to thank uh, Siesta Cava for the cava that I'm drinking today, <laughs> and allow me to thank Libli for this delicious purified drinking water that's made of. I'm not. I'm not doing the chemistry thing. No, the, uh, for the, the oxygen because we're not good I at also, it. <laughs> I'd also like to thank my heating and air guy for showing up and, and fixing my air conditioner because it has been 85 degrees in this house for nearly 24 hours. And I had a fan, like I literally was going to do this show with like an oscillating fan right here with like those little streamer things on it. So you could see the wind hitting my face, drinking like double fisting ice waters to stay warm or stay cool. It was bad. It was bad. So Bula Vinaka. Bula Vinaka. The this episode, of course, everyone is brought to you by the <laughs> the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. Not only the fastest growing waffle related caucus in any political party, but the second largest and fastest growing caucus in the Libertarian Party. I'm going to say that again. We are the second largest caucus. In the third largest political party in the country. And the fastest growing one. We have tripled in size in the last 48 hours. 
Wasn't it originally made up for pictures of donkeys and waffles? It w- It is still made up for pictures of donkeys and waffles. <laughs> the purpose of this caucus is to completely goof off. And we are now a power broker in the Libertarian <laughs> Party. With 3,400 members and growing... And if you'd like to be a part of what is apparently the dominant force in libertarian politics, <laughs> to no one more, no one surprise more than my own, and I made the damn thing, then head on over to the Facebook group Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. And if you'd like to become an official voting member by buying a button or a shirt for this absolute absurdity that is apparently taking over America... Go to muddiedwatersmedia.com slash store and you can uh, search out our buttons and our Waffle House Caucus shirt. The Gravy King, who probably will become the second largest food company and I don't, I don't understand anything anymore. Cumberland Cannabis Company. If you want to buy cannabis products that look suspiciously like weed in Tennessee, well, guess what? Cumberland Cannabis Co. Yeah, that's a thing now. You literally can. That is a thing. That's an actual thing. You can buy some Tennessee CBD. Google what that is. I certainly am not going to say it publicly. But go to Cumberland Cannabis Co. by going to cumberlandcannabisco.com. Literally what is written there in white, but also with a com at the end. Uh, Cumberlandcannabisco.com to get viable, ethical, and effective cannabis products. From Cumberland County, Tennessee. Joe Salaski is running for governor of Pennsylvania. He's the key to Pennsylvania's success, and if you want to help him become the first libertarian governor in this godforsaken planet, go to joesolaski.com. That's J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I dot com. Jack freaking Casey. Now I know what you're thinking, folks. Gosh. I wish I had a book that's probably not terrible to read. Well, we have two of them. One of them is called The Royal Green. The second one is called In Silver Throned. And these books are about jewelry and weapons that are apparently sick and are going to kill you. And one of them has a butterfly that looks at you. I don't know what these books are about. Neither does Matt. We never will. But I can't right. tell you this. There's a third if you book coming b- out. Go ahead. I was going to say, if you want a book that's written probably by a fed... Because I'm 90% certain Jack Casey is a Fed wow. trying to take down libertarian podcasts across the, across the world by donating oh. to all of them. Wow. That's quite a way to take us down. <laughs> you should definitely buy. You should go to theroyalgreen.com and buy every book Jack Casey ever has made. How does that work? Written. Step one, give us money. Step two. We crumble. Well, so you pose as like uh, alt-right Nazi guy uh, after you've given all these podcasts money. And then they're like, oh, look, he was taking money from this oh. alt-right Nazi guy who wow. wrote these books that, you know, because oh, they have no. these weird symbols on them, obviously. Oh, no, that's not. Oh, Jack. Why would you <laughs> do that to us, buddy? Oh, Jack, sweet. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, his third book, uh, Crowned by Gold, I think it comes out tomorrow. Oh, really? And if it doesn't, yeah, and if it doesn't, uh, call Chris Reynolds. 
because he will sue wow. Jack Casey yes. for your personal so, injuries. Royalgreen.com. And if that book does not come out, be sure to contact Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. He will sue. Well, if you're in Florida, he'll sue him right. for you, probably. I don't know. That's probably sure. not something I want to put. Sure. I'm going to end up getting sued for saying that. By Chris Reynolds. <laughs> By Chris Reynolds. <laughs> Uh, and Jack so, Casey. And Jack Casey. Like they're gonna be a Who uses be a, Chris Reynolds? Wow. It's gonna be a class action suit against me by Well now I don't want to advertise either one of them. <laughs> I don't want to help that. For the that's hypothetical for thing that we just came up with on the spot. It's very that's very plausible, Matt. It's very, it's very plausible, and this reminds me of arguments I used to have with many of my exes. Um, right, and now, and now, meanwhile, you're probably wondering why I'm so paranoid. Well, unrelated to that, mud water. If you want to drink something every morning that fills you with just enough caffeine to trick you into thinking you don't have caffeine in you, but you're still wired and keep forgetting why, uh, folks, I have some great news for you. There's a coffee alternative that's made with nothing but masala chai, or chai, if you're Jewish, Cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and literally nothing else. It tastes like what you would think that would taste like, which is not substantially different than coffee. And it has far less caffeine than coffee, making you wonder, why don't I just drink coffee? Well, hold on, friends, because I don't know if you know, but mushrooms are neuroprotective, and turmeric is something with inflammatories. Anti-inflamed sea salt, also good for you. This is basically like going to a holistic doctor, except it tastes, well, you can put honey on it. This is a terrible ad for this, but... Like any of our ads are good. (laughs) Unlike our other ads, this one's bad. But if you're still curious, I don't know why, but you should go and check it out by going to muddiedwatersmedia.com slash mud. No, we do not make this. I had someone ask me that if we make this, that would be funny, huh? If we make this, (laughs) no, uh, we don't make this. Uh, It just has a similar name to what we are. Muddiedwatersmedia.com slash mud, and you can get yours today. It is just yum. Hmm? Yum. Oh, look at those mushrooms. Mm, Right the first thing in the morning. So, uh... The also, oh no, that's it. Those are all of our sponsors for the beginning of this. Yes, that is all that is all of the sponsors for the beginning of this. Yes. <laughs> the amount of people buying Waffle House shirts right now is unbelievable. Like, I'm just getting emails coming in. And I'm like, oh god. Yes. I love it. <laughs> um, we so are how taking is your, over. We, we, we don't have a we don't have a guest this week. That's weird. It's we doesn't it feel weird. Like usually, it's like, hey, folks, and now our guests they're running for the Pawtucket City Council of such and such. And we talk to them, and they tell us about why Pawtucket needs the libertarian solutions that we only we have, and then we like, do a whole thing. And we don't do we aren't doing that right now. We're not sad. doing that right now. Um, yeah. So how was your weekend? <laughs> we haven't like done one of these in a while where we t- just catch up for five minutes. Yeah, we haven't talked or anything. My weekend was good. We uh good. we went I was in uh North Carolina for um the Libertarian Party of North Carolina's convention. Uh very very well attended, record turnout for everything, pretty much at capacity for everything. I'm pretty sure we broke the fire code on Friday uh at the reception. Um don't tell anyone. I don't know if that's I don't I don't think the the North Carolina fire inspector is watching our show. <laughs> I'm sure we were 
do they, the do they have a statute of limitations on that? Like, don't they have to catch you in the act? I mean, is the statute of limitations like three days or something? I don't, I don't know. I mean, first of all, I'm joking. Of course, we didn't break the law. <laughs> That's stupid. But then, uh, so then we had a really great convention. And then on Sunday, we had a pound the pavement event with Sell Liberty with Brent DeRitter, who was just on your show um, yeah. on the writer's block and uh, had a really, really great uh, outreach event, went into a really cool community that one of the people in that uh, county affiliate lives in. Um, and so he was really excited to have us go and we, we knocked on doors uh, with uh, with some of them were his neighbors who already knew him, knew him. Some of them weren't. Uh, a couple hundred doors i think we knocked on we knocked on a lot of doors got to meet a lot of people got a lot of people signing up for the party really great stuff and uh and then i got to come home and it was a different feel because i'm i've been flying everywhere um and this was like i just drove up at my convenience because it was about three hours away and then i drove back when we were done so it was kind of a cool um a cool thing nice yeah very cool yeah no it was really really fun and next weekend i'm gonna be in michigan Yes. Yes, you are. Somebody said in the comments just now, I thought you were going to be in Michigan last Friday, but no, you're going to be in there no. this Friday. Michigan yep. this Friday. And if you want Friday, Saturday and Sunday, and if you want to come shoot guns with me on my birthday weekend, then uh, go to my social well, go to the Libertarian Party of Michigan page or Twitter, and they've got the information about the shooting with Spike event. Uh, I'd love to see you there. And and have a, a pew pew good time with you. Oh, that is your birthday, isn't it? The 28th, yeah. My birthday's on the Monday, yeah. Hmm. Wait, yeah. when's the pew pew event? I thought it was the 17th. Friday. No, it's the t- my birthday's the 28th. So I'm actually right. flying home on my birthday. But I get to spend my Uh-oh. birthday weekend shooting guns and hanging out at a casino. So... I mean, it's on the balance. It's good. It's my birthday. It is your birthday. So speaking of... Speaking... Birthday? Speaking of birthday, it's the Mud Water Coffee Alternative Masala Chai Cacao Mushroom Trapid Fire Segment. Brought to you by Mudwater. Look, Mudwater I'm looking at your calendar right now. Your Pew Pew event is the 17th. You're talking about in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing an event on in Michigan on Friday. Oh, this Friday. Yes. This Friday gotcha. I'm shooting guns. Oh, are you doing a Pew Pew event there too? I'm doing pew pew events everywhere. Everyone wants to pew pew with me now. There's another. Well, who there's wouldn't? Another... Who wouldn't want to pew pew with the Jew? Pew pew Jew. I'm That's actually, actually not the, the pew pew Jew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. <laughs> I'm not the pew pew Jew. I'm a Jew you there... can pew pew with, but I'm not the pew right. Pew Jew. But you're not the pew pew Jew. There's the pew pew Jew is a friend of the show, and we cannot steal his name. I'm a Jew who to pew pew. Yes. So, folks, speaking of Jews, no. Um, I was like, I of, have no idea where you're going no, with that. No, I have nothing. <laughs> speaking of no segue whatsoever, former Florida governor and current 
Is current? I guess current senator. Yeah, he's, yeah current senator. I guess. Yeah. Sure. Rick Spot. Rick <laughs> I, Scott. I think he's still there. Still should be there. Rick Scott was speaking. To I think we. In, in, I think we were the first people to announce his win. Yes. Oh, we were the ones that back when everyone <laughs> else was like, "It's a close one. It could be. What's his name could win it." We're like, "Rick Scott's gonna win. Rick Scott's gonna win." And we were right. We called every single race in 2018. All the close ones, including the mm-hmm. the Jack Kemp, Stacey Abrams nightmare fiasco that took weeks. Bra- we Brian that. Kemp. Brian, what I say, Jack Kemp. Jack Jack Kemp was Bob Dole's running mate. <laughs> he's been dead for a while. Um, Brian is Kemp. He? He's not. Yeah, dead. he's been dead. He's been dead. Uh, Jack Kemp won that. Brian Kemp, not Jack Kemp. Brian Kemp won, and we called it. We kept calling him Jack Kemp, who's dead. We did. Matt just learned. <laughs> he's dead. Yeah, he and, died in yeah, two thousand nine. He's been dead, and so we. Uh, but so he. So we called all of those, um, but. So speaking of that, Rick Scott, he was at the Faith and Freedom Coalition, and he said this. He said this. He said words. We're living in a nation where these woke, rich, pampered football players are kneeling for the pledge, the pledge of allegiance. Nope. But when you watch your grandkids and you watch other younger people, the younger generation, you see that we're not losing. If we stand up every day and fight, we are winning. That's not how winning so, works, but yeah. Let's forget that they don't do the Pledge of Allegiance. So before that video, uh, they do the Pledge of Allegiance together as a room, and he starts talking about how great it is. Uh, and then I wasn't going to play all of that for you, so uh, I cut it down to just where he said that the NFL has woke football players who are kneeling for the Pledge of Allegiance. So we're just going to let's slide for the sake of this story that it's the national anthem and not the pledge of allegiance. Yeah. Yeah. But this is a room full of Republicans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Faith and freedom coalition, conservative Christian constitutionalist. Yeah. Assumably Christian Republicans who believe that socialists are godless people. Yeah. Who apparently don't know that the Pledge of Allegiance was written in August of 1892 by a socialist minister, Francis Bellamy. Yep. Yep. And he wrote it partly as a marketing scheme to sell more flags. And partly to show allegiance to a nation, no matter what atrocities they committed in response to a divided America after the Civil War. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. And wait till you find... I'm going to pull this up because why not? Uh, You know, so putting aside the fact that they're all a bunch of godless socialists, um, it's uh, it's uh, well, I guess he wasn't godless. He was a minister, ostensibly. He was a minister. He was a minister. He was a godless minister, but he was a uh, he was a socialist. Uh, Just to put in perspective just how socialisty this was, this was the salute that he proposed that people use when they do this pledge now yes this was before the era of the nazis but like this is straight up like jingoistic um pro-government it is not has nothing to do the founders would have tarred and feathered this guy if he had been around during that time like if he had been around and said hey i know let's um let's make a pledge 
that everyone makes to the flag <laughs> and to the country. He was hired to, the, to, to the, do it. Yeah. He was hired by the government to do it. Yeah. 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 A the founders would, would have tarred and feathered everybody All in government yeah. at that point. Everyone in government at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's. They wouldn't. Not I, Lincoln, because he was already dead. Um, but. They would have wanted to. They, they would have wanted. They would have wanted to. But look, <laughs> so here is a perfect example of what conservatives, Republican conservatives do. They don't try to shrink government or shrink its influence in our lives. They try to conserve it. So it's like, you know, Bugs Bunny and, and Yosemite Sam. Bugs Bunny draws a line in the sand and says, don't take one step further. And then Yosemite Sam immediately takes a step further. And then Bugs Bunny steps back and draws another line in the sand and says, don't take one step. This is what they do. They go, don't you dare take do this or expand this. And then people do. And then they spend the rest of their lives defending it. So, you know, an ostensible conservative back in the the time of the Pledge of Allegiance would have said, no, we don't want to pledge to the government and a flag. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And now they go, these woke billionaires are... Are, which they're not, because again, it's the national anthem. But these people aren't even respecting our pledge, our socialist flag government <laughs> devotion pledge. Yes, this is how you get free. This is how you get phrases like "get big government out of my Medicare," but keep it in everybody else's bedroom. Keep it in, yes. Oh, well, but keep it in everyone's bedroom, too. Yeah, exactly. Got, so, gotta have it in everybody's bedroom, but keep it out of my Medicare. My Medicare. Keep keep your big government health care out of my Medicare. Keep, keep it out I of have, my Social Security. Yeah, keep big government out of my Social Security and my Medicare, which I have unironically heard, I don't know how many times. So Rick Scott's definitely got that vote. Well, he's in Florida, so that's probably... Right. I was, he, he knows his base. Yes. He knows what got him elected over an astronaut. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of. Speak. Um, <laughs> speaking of. insidious speaking of things that speaking of people who worship things in the sky wow yeah u.s catholic bishops uh got together and agreed to draft a document that would detail the conditions under which catholic politicians biden joe biden yeah uh who do not follow church teachings on abortion and other issues may be denied communion and when i tell you they had a vote it was not close i should have put the numbers in here but i was not forward thinking enough to do it i believe it was 161 to 52 oh wow so it was like yeah it was not close and 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 while they've stated that members of the clergy that have committed sexual abuse of minors will include deprivation from office uh, and potentially defrocking they've not said if they will be denied communion so if you rape a child 
possibly you get communion. If you believe differently on abortion, no communion. No communion. Rape a kid. It's in the air. It's up in the air. Yeah, in the Venn diagram of 4% of priests and Biden, the circle, the the things outside of the overlapping area is real small. Mm. I mean, Biden didn't take a vow of celibacy. So that's... He may have. We don't know. I promise, just man, be I'm really... not going to have sex with anyone. He may Come just on, be really man. bad at it. It's like, Joe Biden, do you promise not to ever have sex with Come on, man, who am I going to have sex with? My wife? Come on. So You, you, you know the thing. Like, I can, know I can be... Thing. I can just be here, and, like, they'll be... She'll be... She'll be... I mean, how how, how, anyone, how, how am I going to come and be home with my wife? And then I, I mean, have you, would you ever say that you're going to, um, when going, um, well, anyway, uh, so speaking of, um, Joe Biden, he, uh, he met with, uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, yes, he did mature bear rider, Vladimir Putin last week. And while literally nothing came from the meeting, except a, a, a line in the sand, by uh, Biden prohibiting uh, Putin from cyber attacking 16 different industries. Only the... <laughs> he, he, he met with Biden, he met with Putin, and he has said that he is not allowed to a cyber attack 16 industries. This is, <laughs> this is literally... And in case you think I miss... Here's, I'm not misquote... Like, this is... Here's what he said. Another area we spent a great deal of time on was cyber and cybersecurity. <laughs> that went, I talked that about the proposition clear. that certain critical infrastructures should be off limits to attack, period, by cyber or any other means. I gave them a list. If I'm not mistaken, I don't have it in front of me, 16 specific entities, 16 defined as critical infrastructure under U.S. policy, from the energy sector to our water systems. So what he did was he sat down with the man that he referred to as a killer a month and a half ago. And he said, Mr. Putin, I'm assuming is what he called him. Uh, Mr. Putin, here is this list of 16 industries that I don't want you to attack. Just these. The others, well, we get it when you have to do things. We understand. But these 16, don't touch them. Don't touch these 16. Everything else we're cool with. We couldn't even think to. And they're critical infrastructure. Everything else, I don't give a damn about it. It's it's incredible. So these are... uh, these two eye-opening moments came in the press conference after the meeting, uh, one at the beginning and, and one at the end. Uh, the first one uh, was at the very beginning where Biden – oh, that's what we just said. No. No. Oh, okay. Then – This yeah, one's different. Here's, here's what he said again. I'll take your questions, and as usual, folks, they gave me a list – of the people I'm going to call on. So, uh, Jonathan, Associated <laughs> Press. Wow. 
I haven't seen these before. Well, I saw the, <laughs> the list of them. Wow. So he's not even. No, they they gave the. He's not even hiding it. He's not even hiding it. They, As usual, they they gave me, me a list of names a list of names. <laughs> like legitimately. Wow. This guy, right here, and Biden have so much in common. Because the, they're puppets. Oh, I thought because of. No, like. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, same thing. Same. Same. Same theory. Same theory. Maybe, maybe different application. Uh, and then later, he said this, making it worse. Oh, this is so he was asked if. He said why he felt confident about his uh, his relationship. That uh, Putin, why he felt confident that Putin would not uh, continue to use cyber attacks against the U.S. Which is, this is a not unreasonable question. So here we go. <laughs> Here's that. Here is a, the president of the United State of Amer- States of America's, who is literally the president right now. Here is his response to this very valid and concerning question. Are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President? Yeah, I'm not confident changing What the hell, what do you do all the time? So, when did I say I was confident? You said, said in the next six I months. I said, what I said was, let's get it straight. I said, what will change their behavior is that the rest of the world reacts to them and they diminishes their standing in the world. I'm not confident of anything. I'm just stating the fact. But you... I mean, that sounds like confidence if you say that we'll do that. Right. And then <laughs> I'm not confident. I'm just stating a fact. I'm just saying this is what's going to happen. I don't not know how many of our viewers. I don't know how many of our viewers are poker players, uh, but when you have the nuts, it means that you have the best hand possible. There's no hand out there that can beat you. And that uh, is a fact. So when you have the nuts, you are confident that you are going to win. Um, so if you, right, it's a fact. If you are saying, I never said I'm, (laughs) I'm not confident. I'm just saying a fact. One of those is a lie. And I'm guessing since you're not confident, it's the second one. Speaking of liars and, and nuts, California versus Texas. Um, the Supreme Court on Thursday rejected yet another effort to dismantle Obamacare, otherwise known as the Affordable Care Act. Matt? Yep. Uh, the justices did not reach uh, a conclusion on the main issue in the case, which is whether or not the entirety of the ACA was rendered unconstitutional when Congress eliminated the penalty for failing uh, to obtain health insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, because- instead, here's what they did. Yeah. Instead, by a vote of seven to two, mm-hmm. the justices ruled that neither the states nor individuals uh, can challenging the law have a legal right to sue the government. Yeah. So no one has standing. Right. No one has standing. No now, one on earth has standing. While I was doing the notes for this and reading about this 
stupid fucking case. Um, I went like back and forth between highly upset and going, I mean, that's kind of a good point, but I'm also highly upset now, but you kind of have a point. So Mm -hmm. let's get, let's get into this. Uh, The case California versus Texas was sparked by a, by Texas and a group of other states with Republican leaders uh, who went to federal court, uh, arguing that the mandate was now unconstitutional because it could no longer be justified as a tax since Congress changed the tax penalty for failing to obtain health insurance, uh, lowering it from 695 to zero back in 2017, I believe. Um, It was during the tax, uh, Trump's phase one of his tax plan. Right. That we never saw phase two of. Yes. Um, and if the mandate is no longer constitutional, they contended that all of the ACA's other provisions, including Medicaid expansion and protections for people with pre-existing condition, conditions, had to be struck down as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because yes, it would. Right. Um, because Because the people who uh, argued in court uh, against the removal of the mandate back in 20, I believe, 12, uh, argued the mandate is inseparable from the rest of the policy. In other words, yeah, if you remove that, then that means the rest of it has to go with it as well. That's what Obama's attorneys argued nine years ago. And that was what John Roberts ruled on. Yes. Nine years ago when Correct. he said it's a tax. Yep. So it may, it's not a penalty, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure what the difference there is. I've never well, gotten a good enough ex- explanation. It's a, tax, it's a tax, but it's also a not tax tax because then it didn't have to be passed the way that a tax would have to be, have to be passed. Right. Yeah. So the 2007, uh, the 2017 change, yeah, 2017, I did put it in the notes, uh, to the penalty transformed the mandate into a standalone command to buy health insurance, uh, something that Congress lacks the power to do. They can't say you have to buy that car or nothing. Yep. yep. Not allowed. Um, so the individual who was involved, um, the individual plaintiff, Bayer explained, contended that they are harmed and therefore have a right to sue because they have to pay each month for health insurance to comply with the mandate. Except there's no punishment for that mandate now. (laughs) So even though the ACA instructs them to obtain health insurance, the IRS can no longer impose a penalty on taxpayers who fail to obtain insurance And there is no government action connected to the harm that the individual plaintiff claimed to have suffered. A key requirement for standing. It's been ruled unconstitutional for them to say you have to do it. It doesn't matter what the... Breyer emphasized that the states have not shown a link between the unenforceable mandate and the decision to enroll. So their allegations that they are injured because their residents in an effort to comply with the mandate enroll in state sponsored programs like Medicaid, which costs the state's money, has no standing either. So basically, because this is a completely unenforceable law. 
they aren't declaring it unconstitutional, but you can't sue the government for it because you can't actually be harmed because they can't punish you. So why does the, do the states not have standing? They're the ones having to pay for this. Uh, because if the people in their state don't sign up for it, they don't have to spend the money. But it's not. because now it is literally a choice. It's back to being they're saying it's a choice to sign up for health insurance. So if I say, hey, you better do this. If I point a gun at you and say, hey, but you better do this thing. But the gun is one of those things you you pull it and it just makes a bang noise and a little flag that comes out that says bang. That means I can do that to you. So Sorry, we, have, uh, we apparently have something living in our roof that I just heard that really distracted me because it did not sound small. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's Sorry. The, uh... um, so only two justices ruled in support of the challengers, uh, Justice Alito and Justice Gorsuch, uh, right. with Alito writing the dissent, saying that this is the most recent chapter in our epic Affordable Care Act trilogy. Yeah. Um. The key part of the dispute over standing, Alito noted, is that whether the state's injury can be traced to the federal government's conduct, um, the states contend that the mandate is unconstitutional and they wouldn't otherwise have to pay the expenses that flow from provisions of the ACA that can't be separated from the mandate. Right. Now, uh, Justice Thomas, Justice Thomas, who has become prolific in his writings, after like 20 years of writing nothing, I find it amazing. Over 20 years, almost 30 years of writing next to nothing, who now writes on a regular basis, which I like. I mean, that's constantly. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I, I like vocal Clarence Thomas because yeah, he is at a Clarence Thomas. Yeah. Even when I disagree with him, vocal Clarence Thomas <laughs> is on one and, and will tell you he does mm-hmm. not approve of your nonsense. Um, so he stressed that the plaintiffs have not identified any unlawful action that has injured them. Because apparently people getting notes from the IRS telling them they have to do something and who may not research what the fine is and that it's zero dollars. That that's not somehow, even though it's been ruled unconstitutional that they can still do it as long as they don't do anything to you if you don't listen. Because everyone knows when you get a letter from the IRS saying you have to do something, that's safe to ignore. Right, guys? Right. Yeah, Thomas pushed back against Alito's argument that the states have standing based on costly obligations imposed on them, um, imposed on them by other provisions of the ACA that cannot be severed from the mandate. Um, and the states did not, uh, Thomas said that the states did not make this argument in lower courts, um, and the lower courts did not address it in any detail. So because it wasn't addressed in the lower courts, it wasn't part of the case that was brought to them. This is like qualified immunity for bad laws. It's the, it is, it, it is, it's, that is the best way 
That is the best way to put it. If something's unconstitutional, if unconstitutional and inseparable from the rest of the policy or the law, it's unconstitutional. It doesn't matter if there's a fine or not. You can't do it. And I just, I just want to say that it'd be like if, if, okay, so if I go and I point a gun at you and I say, get out of the car, I'm stealing your car. And then you get out and I get in and I go, I just kidding. And I get out and let you get back in your car. Like, and I I, I want to say like, nobody is winning this. Like right now, nobody has won. Like Obama comes out and he's like, let me be clear. Uh, The um, affordable care act is uh, still the law of the land or whatever he said. I don't know. Um, And he came out and he said that. uh, And the Republicans are like, oh, this is unconstitutional, but you can't charge us anything for it because we've overturned the law. Like this law literally means nothing and has only done uh, work to hurt people trying to buy health insurance. It has made health insurance more expensive, but you don't get taxed for it if you don't have it. So, first of all, there's a lot of people asking to see the dog, like a lot. Just putting that out there. Um, uh, Hannah Myers in the comment, she's talking about the fact that if something's unenforceable, it's a suggestion and that civil disobedience makes these suggestions irrelevant. That's that's fair. And that's true. Uh, she also says it's if it's not addressed in a lower court, the Court of Appeals can't rule on it. And that's understandable. But the it has been ruled to be unconstitutional. So what potential? But at what point was it ruled unconstitutional? What's that? At what point was it ruled unconstitutional? Because it has continually stood up in the, in the Supreme Court. No, but the 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 mandate has been ruled unconstitutional. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it has been deter it was argued by the people who were trying to m- maintain it that it's inseparable from the rest of the law. So w- what are we doing here? I think the reality is the courts realize that Congress is such a damn mess that if they rule that ACA is not legal that it's going to destroy the healthcare market because Congress and and state uh, governments have just completely driven up the cost of healthcare with you know certificate of need laws yep. and cost plus legislation and insurance regulations and and taxes and fees uh, close to thirty percent of all healthcare costs are related to some kind of tax or or fee or or uh, regulatory capture or something like that like it it all of this is in the rule all of this is baked into the cake of why it's so expensive and if you get rid of the subsidies inherent in the uh, ACA and the expansion of, of, of Medicaid that's gonna make a lot of people and and don't replace it with something even if it's just un, un unraveling those regulations which could happen without getting rid of Obamacare there there uh, most of the regulations could be gotten rid of without even touching Obamacare and they're not doing that. Um, no one's doing that. Democrats aren't doing it. Republicans didn't do it. No one's doing it because they want the cost of health care to constantly go up. Um, and I think the Supreme Court realizes that, like, yeah, if we let this thing, if we let Obamacare go away, a ton of people are just going to not be able to afford health care. And especially on the butt end of a pandemic, 
That's a bad, that's bad. It, but, and here's the problem. That's not their job to do. They are not legislators. They're not, their job is to look at the law and say, is this legal? Is this constitutional? And, you know, this is a really, really, really hackneyed argument. Well, really, it, it, this is the, the precedent every... here is if if the government can convince the Supreme Court that no one is being harmed, quote unquote, then it goes away. Mm. So all and here's the thing. That's that's a really good point. And here's the thing. Do you know how they do it? They make the taxpayer pay for it. So here's the thing. All of the costs here are not on individual people. They're on the taxpayer the or taxpayer. the state through Medicaid. And they just ruled that's not that's not harm either because everyone's choosing to do it. So now they can make blatantly un- – the precedent here is that government can now make blatantly unconstitutional rules and mandates and, and un, uh, un, uh, unfunded uh, liabilities and mandates. And as long as it's being paid entirely by the taxpayer, the courts are going to go – no one's being harmed here. That is, man, I didn't even think of that when I was doing these. But yeah, you're right. They just opened up such a... This is a mess. That's a mess. This is a like, I've known, ass mess. I have known this was a mess since John Roberts in 2012 said, yep. uh, it's not a penalty, it's a tax. Um, even though it was... It's not a tax. It's not a tax. It's not a tax when they were pushing it. Uh, and anyway, no, it's not a penalty. It's a tax. Um, and I've known since then that Obamacare was going to be a huge mess. I did not. Yeah. So Hannah Meyer says, I like the idea of a marketplace. Marketplace has a person apply for insurance and all insurance companies compete for that possible customer. Why get rid of that? We already had that. We don't. Mm-hmm. That's that's not something that government created marketplaces exist that's not something government controls absent government first of all putting aside the fact that insurance is a uniquely terrible way to provide funding for healthcare, it's it's one of the single biggest drivers to the in- increases in the cost of healthcare to begin with this all started with fdr in the post-world war ii era where all of a sudden all these employers in in reaction to uh, uh fdr's threatened wage caps started offering comprehensive health insurance was which is comprehensive insurance is basically a a bill paying mechanism that is spread out to the entire pool which means that you are removing the consumer from the payer, which always leads to cost overruns, both because the consumer isn't primarily concerned about cost and because the person that is going on, that the, the person that is the provider knows they can charge whatever the hell they want to because it's not that person in front of them paying for it. It's a multi-billion dollar pool that's paying for it. This is one of the, this is probably the single biggest driver, even if you take out certificate of need laws, even if you take out patent protections for drugs that have been around for hundreds of years, for, for decades decades and over 100 years sometimes even if you take out cost plus legislation one of probably the one of the if not the single biggest co- driver to the increase in the cost of healthcare is the insurance system now putting that aside there is no need for government to have a marketplace do we need a government you know i always go back to things like food or 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 housing things that are equally as crucial and as urgent of a need for us as healthcare is we don't need government to provide us with a marketplace for food or for no. housing. 
or for any of these things. We don't need it for health care or for health insurance. All their involvement does is drive up the cost, period. That's all they do. All they do is drive up the cost, restrict your options, and increase regulatory burdens that make everything more difficult and more expensive. There is no need. We A, a, a health insurance, uh, uh, you know, website where you can go and look for health insurance that's perfectly that is not needed the government is not needed for that um wow so that's terrible so in order to not crash the healthcare system because congress so screwed it up the legislating from the bench that the supreme court just did opens the floodgates for the government to do anything unconstitutional that they want to as long as they make sure that any um cost burden is put on the taxpayer instead of individual and people instead of the individual and then that way people. there's no damage and therefore no standing even if they're ordering people to do something that they explicitly are not allowed to order people to do how could that go wrong so speaking of the opposite of what that is, which is a terrible thing. Here's something that isn't terrible. And that's the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment, uh, where you can go to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters, and you can leave us messages right here, right there, and we will play them during this segment. The personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. Um, And I just want to say, I have not pre-screened these, so we don't know what's about to happen here. Goody. Goody. Well, we have... We have four of them. Well, that's cool. Um, I wonder if we're going to get serenaded again. Um, not a real libertarian says, I get mail all the time for competing automotive insurance, but never health insurance. Never health, yeah. And yeah. yeah, yeah, all the time. Oh, and by the way, auto insurance. If auto insurance was the same way health insurance was, do you know how much your freaking auto insurance would be? If instead of auto insurance being something that you own, you pay basically a nuisance fee so that if you, uh, well, in some states, it's not a nuisance fee because of uh, no fault laws. But uh, in at least in South Carolina, it's basically a nuisance fee for, for that we, we get for our car insurance. If you have a claim of liability for someone else, the damage that you cause someone else, uh, you are taken care of. You can also get comprehensive coverage that takes care of you as well, and that costs more. But if you don't want to, if you just want to have where you're held against any liability for someone else, you just pay for that. Now, imagine if they, if uh, you know, Bernie Sanders declared that car insurance is a human right, and so now, and gas and and, and everything that's related to owning a car is a human right. So now your health insurance or your car insurance doesn't just pay for that liability; it pays for your oil changes. It pays for your gas. It pays for window replacements. It pays for, uh, you know, wiper replacements. It pays for, uh, you know, basic little dings and scratches and and stuff like that. Your your car insurance would cost thousands of dollars a year. And you would be constantly trying to figure out how to use it as much as possible. And it would cost a fortune and it would take forever to be able to find someone to provide you because everyone would always be taking their cars in for stuff to to because the cost is being spread out this is the tragedy of the commons uh this is how these things play out every single time everyone's trying to grab uh as much as they can from the market so anyway that's uh 
that is the the reality of what would happen if if that's if car insurance was like health insurance. Health insurance used right. to be something you paid a few pennies back then. Now it'd be a few bucks a month. And if you had something catastrophic, you end up in the hospital for days, or you um, or you uh, uh, you had something like some chronic illness or cancer or something like that, then it steps in and pays for that. But if not, right. if you're just going to the doctor for regular checkups, you go to the dentist, you go to this, you go to that, you're paying for that out of pocket. Here's what happens there. Now those doctors have to uh, abide by the price equilibrium. If they charge too much for those services, if they charge more than what their average patient can afford to pay, they don't have any patients. Insurance destroys the price equil- equilibrium because now not only do they not have to make it cost what you can personally afford – not only do they have a multi-billion dollar pool that they can feed from, they don't even have to tell you what it costs. They don't even know what it costs because it has to go through this ridiculous Byzantine process of approvals and, and network coverage and everything else where hundreds of administration administrators have to be involved and all of them are getting a salary, right? So now that drives up the cost even more. The potential for gra- uh, graft and theft and, and skimming and everything else is widespread because there's so many people looking at it and no one knows what anyone else is doing. They literally don't know what it costs until they get the bill back, sometimes weeks or even months later. This is a terrible, terrible system. So, um, so personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, Anchor Call Amendment. Oh, by the way, when you go to anchor.fm, not only can you leave messages, but you can also press the donate button and make it to become a, a donor to Muddy Waters Media and help us to bring you this high quality media product that we bring you twice a week three times well, four times a week now four times a week now four times a week four, four days four a week times a week muddy waters sundays tuesdays wednesdays and thursdays and maybe based on the conversation i had earlier rotating mondays i like that so very yeah happy. me too i'm a big i'm a big fan of that i'm a fan of especially that. what especially what he pitched and i'm a big fan of it I can't wait to talk to you after the show is over. So I know yeah. what that is, but that sounds exciting. So uh, you do not have to make a donation to be able to leave a message or for us to play it and answer it, but we will like you more. So, and you're more the- likely for me not to read your message or listen to your messages beforehand. That's also true because some of y'all have scared us a few times. Um, so here <laughs> is the first one from Alex Boyer. Hello, hello. Alex from Virginia here. Why can't I hear this? I don't know. Okay. That should be. Let me pull it up with something else because I don't know why I can't hear those. I think something with anchors not working because it is playing, right? Uh, give me one second. All right. No, that's fun. So, hey, folks. How are you doing? Sorry, just pulling this up. Um, no, oh, crap. All right. So we can do it where we, I mean, do the, the, the terrible way. What's What's the terrible way? I just play it over my phone right here. Oh, no. It, I mean, it won't be. It'll be the best option at this moment. 
Yeah, let's just do that because I can't get it to work. I don't know what's going on. Okay. I think it's their their site. I, hopefully, it works on your app. Hello, hello, Alex from Virginia calling in on the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney of law, anchor. Call one moment. And I just want to get your guys's, y'all's opinion on probably the biggest scandal of the year up to this date. This past week, Samirena, an Indian comedian and internet personality, put on a charity event in which Indian celebrities and whatnot will play against Vishy Anand, five-time world chess championship. They'll all play games of chess at the same time. And one of the guys, Nikhil Kamath, he actually beat Anand, air quotes there. And it was found out that he was cheating, and then he went on Twitter and it's like, oh, I can't believe you guys actually thought I'd be Vishy. Um, so basically, you know, it was just prank, bro. What do you guys think about this? This is why I screen calls. So he, an Indian guy uh, pranked people and didn't actually win? I don't, I don't trust that guy at pool at chess now. I don't want to play chess with that guy. That's what I think. No, me neither. Here's our next call from Matthew. Maybe that was your computer being like, don't play this. Please don't play this call. No, Cause it wouldn't, it wouldn't play Matt's either. So. Oh, okay. No, that might, that might, Here's so. our, here. <laughs> Here the here is the next call from Matthew Laser Legend Hicks. Yes. Hello there, guy on left and Spike. This is Matt Hicks calling from Bishopville, South Carolina, on the personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney of the calling moment DF. Uh, so I heard today on the radio that Congress is a try. They're uh, uh, trying to address sentencing disparities between powder cocaine and crack cocaine. Uh, Democrats seem to want to reduce uh, tendency guidelines for crack cocaine to bring it in line with powder cocaine, whereas Republicans want to increase sentencing guidelines for powder cocaine oh, wow. to bring it online with crack cocaine. Neither of them wants to leave people alone and let them do whatever the hell they want with their own bodies. Uh, hashtag Lazy Legend. So... so- of these positions, I like the Dems position more, but like he said, more. why not just leave people the hell alone and not put them in prison for possessing a compound <laughs> that Big Pharma sells for billions of dollars every year? Right. Um, your phone needs turned down like two notches. Okay. Uh, thanks, Ellie. Um, yeah, uh, I don't... Right. I don't understand how we are uh, still having this discussion. This conversation. Yep. Yeah, this discussion. It makes it makes no sense. Uh, it does. It does not surprise me that Republicans. I'm certain Tom Cotton is leading the charge. Um, I don't know. I have not looked this up. But if if I were a betting man, I would bet Tom Cotton is yeah still doing that fight. Them. Yeah, he, now, he let's... is fight. Let's never forget. Even let's uh, 
Let's never forget that it was the Democrats, specifically the Congressional Black Caucus, that demanded that Ronald Reagan implement the sentencing disparity uh, between crack and powder cocaine in response to the crack e- epidemic that was happening in um, in in the uh, mostly black inner cities. Uh, now, of course, we now know that it was the CIA that was pushing those drugs in those cities in order to fund their clandestine uh, uh, operations in Central America. Certainly, they're not doing that now. Definitely not. There's no way we're going to find out a few years from now mm-hmm. that they're doing that with meth and opioids. Silly. Never. That's not. That's sure not. The, no. Sure the CIA has been doing this no. in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, and early 2010s, and we have proof of it, and no policy changes have happened, and many of the key figures are still in their positions of power in office, but surely they're not still doing that now. There's no way. I can't be. They, we would. There's no. They would know. Like there's, there's, we'd know. They, they would wouldn't know. do that. They wouldn't do they, that. That's in the past. That's all. That's they, very. They five would years. not attempt that again. That's not very after 60, the last. That's very seventy five years times. up until five years ago. So, uh, so yeah, no, they should leave people alone. I'm glad that the Democrats are talking about reducing the disparity in sentencing, but right. First of all, why, why are we still talking about crack? Are people, how many people are still smoking crack at this point? Well, well, okay. So the Democrats are trying to reduce it for Hunter. Um, <laughs> wow. And the Republicans are trying to increase it for for Hunter. Wow, <laughs> this is all about Hunter Biden. That's funny, and possibly true, and, po- and possibly accurate. <laughs> wow. Sad. Well, that's what we think about it. Thanks, Matt. What's our what's our next one? Our next one's from the Eskimo Libertarian. Oh no! Hey, Matt and Spike. I was wondering if you could talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene and how she's advertising that she's abolishing the ATF. Oh, yeah. By actually yeah. having the ATF be reabsorbed by the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> Have a great day, folks. Yeah. So yeah. this is there was somebody on uh, your Twitter who was bashing uh, who was bashing you uh, yes. because. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's a Republican, uh, is doing things to end the ATF and what have libertarians ever done and blah, blah, blah. And so uh, as me on Twitter, not as muddied waters as me, I was like, she is just she is not abolishing the ATF. I mean, she she's getting rid of the organization, but she is just moving it to the FBI. who will need considerably more money to do it. And Mm -hmm. you're not going to save a dime and it's probably going to cost so much more because the FBI is already spending so much of your money already. Uh, So you're not actually getting a win here. So whenever libertarians were like, Oh, I can't believe I agree with Marjorie Taylor green on something. You don't, you don't Marjorie. She is, she is 100% virtue signaling to the members of her base 
who are like, we need to get rid of the ATF because, you know, they're going to come after us because, you know, we believe Jewish space lasers exist or what the fuck ever. Um, and even if they get rid of the name ATF, someone has to enforce all the NRA's proposed gun control legislation that they pushed to get passed for the last 80 years. Right. Who's going to do that? Let me say that again. Every single gun control legislation that is on the books right now at the federal level was either written, sponsored, or supported by the NRA. Yeah. 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 Oh, that was a tough pill when I found that out and then started looking into the NFA and how it was the NRA that wrote it. Yep. Here, So here in Florida, uh, Florida, most... I will say it every day, free, free estate in the free estate in the nation. We can do pretty much whatever we want. One of the things we can't do anymore is open carry. Who wants to know why? I'm assuming everybody watching right now is raising their hand like polite school children, or at least screaming at us saying, yes, yes, obviously we want to know why. Yes. Uh, and it is because we now have concealed carry. This bill was written and backed by the NRA. Now, why would the NRA want concealed carry over open carry? Because in the bill, you have to go to an NRA registered facility to get trained yep. to get your concealed carry. It's cronyism. 100% cronyism. The NRA is not about protecting gun rights. It is no. about making money for themselves yep. and protecting the manufacturers who give them money to protect the manufacturers. They don't give a crap about you as a gun owner. The NRA cares about their people, their 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 money that they make from certifying instructors and the, the, the bait hook that they use to get people to get that certification is this type of legislation that allow yep. that, you know, puts them at the forefront. You know, you have to get their uh, certification to be able to legally do it in all these states. They don't want constitutional carry. They don't want open carry. They don't want permitless carry. They don't want what the founders actually intended. They want your right to keep and bear arms to be infringed all the way up until the point where they can you they can bring their providers in to to provide you with whatever education is needed uh, because of the legislation they supported. And they sell it as gun rights. They care about their they're making money for themselves. They care about the Republican Party, no matter how gun control heavy they are at times. They care about gun manufacturers, which means if you want to 3D print a gun or or buy a gun from someone else or make a new gun company or sell uh, equipment that you know other that the major manufacturers don't sell, you're screwed. Or, um, lo or lower thirds. Yeah, lower thirds. They're against yep. lower. They 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 would. I mean, they yes. Before and and before anybody's like, yeah, but they suck anyway. Bump stocks, bump stocks. Yeah, from what I understand, I've never used one, but from what I understand, bump stocks make it where it's really difficult to shoot. They're, a gimmick. they're kind they're of a gimmick. They're yeah, they're a, a gimmick, gimmick and it's yeah. kitschy yeah. and whatever. Yeah. But yeah. the NRA was quick to go. Yeah, we can get rid of those and suppressors. Suppressors, suppressors. protect your hearing. Yes, they had no problem with that. They made a couple signals about, oh, you know, whatever. They didn't fight it. You know why? No. Because none of their major sponsors were making suppressors, so they didn't care. 
They don't care right. about you. Oh, and they care about police unions. That's their big friend now is the police unions and the fraternal orders of police. And that's why they've gone back to their old roots of saying guns should be for lawful uh, protectors of our communities, not for violent criminals, which is what they've always said. Do you know who's a violent criminal? You. You. The very second that you disagree with them, you're now a violent criminal, a thug. As uh, Wayne LaPierre said at uh, CPAC, a uh, couple months ago, yep. he said, we I, need I was getting ready to bring this up. I, I wish we, we still had that the, clip. We need the government to enforce all these gun laws on the books. Does that sound like the Second Amendment to you? Fuck the NRA. Anyway, go to the next one. Uh, real quick, in the comments, uh, Kenneth Ebel says NRA is the largest concealed carry licensor. I I did not know that. I don't doubt it. I'm, it don't, not, I'm not even going to fact check that yep. because... That is so believable. There's no way it's false. Uh, yep. Selena Stewart says, uh, join uh, the GOA, the Gun Owners of America. Yes. yes. If you are a member yes. of the NRA, get rid of that and go join the yep. GOA. Yep, 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 yep. Exactly. Absolutely. Oh, uh, you know, uh, the NRA, by the way, someone mentioned uh, recreational uh, marijuana in the, uh, in the, in the comment. Uh, do you know what the NRA does not want you to be able to own a gun if you uh, if you use recreational or medicinal marijuana? And they've been very clear about that. Very That's clear about that. Safe. Yes. You get drunk and drink and shoot all day long. They don't care about that. Marijuana? No, 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 no. Drugs are bad. Uh, Jack Casey says it's funny that Democrats and Libertarians both oppose the NRA, but for completely opposite reasons. Uh, you know, Dem- Dems think the NRA is standing. Dems don't realize the NRA is like their greatest. It's, it's their greatest ally. Yeah, yeah. Their, yeah, their greatest ally in the in the fight against legal weapons. Yep, yep, yep. Exactly. It, it's insane. So here's our next uh, our next call from not a real libertarian. Oh wow! This is a uh, Chris Darnell. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. not a real libertarian. Um, yeah. Spike is supposed to be coming on the show uh, here soon, but I was wanting to know if Matt Ryan would be interested in coming on um, at some point as well, because my show is a hundred times better than Cajun. Um, but wow. I mean, could just ask him out. So, <laughs> wow. So I will say I have been on uh, Chris's show a while back, and I know I'm I'm supposed to be going on again soon. I don't know if it's scheduled yet, but uh, Brian would. I'm sure. Apparently it is. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, Matt. I mean, no pressure since this is public, but right, you, you know, yeah. asking me yeah. live on the air. No, uh, absolutely, yeah. Chris. I would love to come on. The only reason when you sent me the invite the other night that I didn't go on your show is because when you sent that, I was in the middle of defecating, and I was not going to come on your show whilst doing that um and then after that i was in the middle of something else and i was not going to come on your show whilst doing that either um why are you giving me that look like i can't tell if i don't want to know any of this what no so No. So yes, I would love to come on your show as long as I am not defecating or doing anything else. Stop! Like what? I... <laughs> and everyone now, what are you doing? What were you doing? Like everyone. So all right, that thanks for that question, Chris. 
So here's our last call from the host that is apparently not as good as Chris well, Darnell. Let, oh, oh yeah. Okay, let's let's do that one, and then Yark, Yakov Markel asked a question in the chat, but we can do that after this one. Okay. Uh, so here is one from the Cajun Libertarian, who is not as good of a host as us, and he's sort of about to prove this. Just because I begged you, we both begged you to come on Muddy Waters, and you kicked and screamed. Just because you sing better than me, just because sorry, you can play sorry guitar. I, I apologize. Just because you can play guitar. Look, everyone saw the dog now. Just because you can play a guitar. Everybody saw the dog. It's just because. Whatever, pal. You know what? <laughs> I don't. I don't need this. Um. So, um, okay, so Yakov Markel asked, who is the most powerful person in the liberty movement at this moment? I don't... Who is the most powerful person? Most powerful person in the liberty movement at this moment. I don't know. Who do you think is? Oh, man, so many people would not like my answer. You're going to say Rick DeSantis, aren't you? <laughs> so you watch my show from Thursday. Thank you. <laughs> oh, wow. Where I called my governor. Oh, Yakov Markel just left us a message. Because he wants it. He's going to ask the thing. Yeah. Hi, Spike. Uh, just a quick question. I wanted to get your opinion on this. Who would you say is the most powerful libertarian in the movement today? Thanks. So, I don't know. If, if we're talking about sheer power and, like, sheer power... I would, it, it's a toss up between you and Dave Smith. It's a toss up between you and Dave Smith and on, because Dave Smith has just a horde of followers that will do anything. And if we're just talking about most powerful, I, he kind of has a slight edge. 
are we even do we, do we are we registering though like i mean i i within the party that's probably accurate one way or another right but but over the entire liberty was was he saying he was saying libertarian in the message there didn't he or did he say in the liberty movement he said the liberty movement that's why i don't okay well in the liberty movement joe exotic I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not trying to avoid it. I I don't. There's so many different ways to look at it. There, there, there are so many different ways to look at it. Um, like, and there are a lot of good arguments for a lot of different people that I can come up with. That's what I mean. So like, if you consider, you know, Rand Paul or Thomas Massey to be in the Liberty movement, there's a good, there's a good argument that one of them is. I would give um, it to Massey over Rand. I, I, yeah, and I, I kind of. Would I would give it to Massey. I would give it to Massey over Rand because I think a lot of the people. Liberty movement. Yeah. Right in the Liberty movement, I think that they're like, oh well, he has shown to be more libertarian than Rand by a wide margin. But then they, the question is: Is he part of the Liberty movement at this point? I guess kind of like, I mean, I, I would still say he is the broader Liberty movement. Yeah. 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 Even yeah. Though, even he, though he, he is still a, part of the Liberty movement. Yeah. Even if we don't agree with him on everything, but he's right. But he's part of, he's part of the movement. He is pushing for Liberty and it may not be your particular brand of Liberty. The it's first, like diet Liberty. The first where Rand is pushing that, for Liberty. I, the first name that came to mind was Ron Paul, um, be, just because of the sheer number of people he's brought to the, yeah. to the movement. Um, That's true. Even though he's not, well, you can't say he's not active. He's not as active because he's not running for president anymore, but he has a freaking podcast that he does multiple times a week. Um, right. And he's like 90. Within the party, I'd have to kind of say, yeah, it might be a toss-up between me and Dave and maybe Justin Amash. Um, yeah. But outside of the party, um, yeah, I think it widens out a lot more out, out of there. Out, yeah, outside of the party, there's a lot of names that you can drop. Yeah. I, I and any of them, any of them would be good. Like, yeah, you're seeing a lot of people. Joe Soloski, yes. You know what? Yeah, I changed Joe my Solosky. answer. You know Joe Soloski. Joe Soloski who is the key to America's success. And so we're going to say right now Joe Soloski is the is the most powerful person in the liberty movement. We just declared that. Boom. Done. Just declared. Yeah, Joe Soloski. Joe, Joe Soloski most powerful person in the liberty movement, hands down, no question. Anybody that uh disagrees is a bigot and a racist. Yeah. Wow, in a transphobe. So, uh, right. in addition, should be canceled. So, so, so sorry for you. So, uh, our final segment is brought to you by Jonathan Reels, who is, in fact, not a real person right now, uh, because according to the federal government, they can't recognize him as a person until uh, the uh, until he raises at least five thousand dollars in his run for 
Congress, U.S. Congress. And so if you want to be able to send your Federal Reserve notes to Jonathan Reels in order to make him a real person, go to jonathan.cash. Uh, somebody wanted to know what uh, we thought about Russell Brand before we get into Fulton versus Philadelphia. And um, now Russell Brand, I think, is uh, awful. I don't think he's funny and I think he's obnoxious <laughs> as hell. Um, I have never really enjoyed anything he has done. Uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall wasn't terrible, uh, but that wasn't because of I Russell Brand. Say, but... I kind of liked him. In, I kind of liked him in forgetting Sarah Marshall, but he wasn't like, yeah. oh, my gosh, this guy is so amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He, he, he wasn't Russell Brand. However, uh, when he was quoting when he was doing his live stream the other day and he was quoting our friend Hannah Cox and reading an article that she wrote for fee. Um, I was like, okay, I might give this guy a chance on the, like, I'll listen to him. But like, I've, I've heard his, I, I watched his stand up years ago and I've heard a lot of the stuff that he said over the years. And uh, I, I'm pretty certain he's an idiot. Um, but if, but if he's coming, like, <laughs> If he's coming around and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not about uh, socialism anymore. Instead, I'm kind of for free markets. And I, I like I'll, he, I'll listen to where where he's at now. But I, he's very anti-authoritarian. And I have heard him say some stuff where he kind of recognizes. Um, he's willing to explore stuff. Yeah. And he's not scared of exploring ideas. Um, right. He's not he's not scared of being literally as I'm saying this Bobcat uh, is writing. He's hard to keep up with. I like his explorative nature. Yeah, it's like he's not necessarily married to our ideas uh, by any stretch, but it's like he kind of is open to hearing all sorts of different ideas. And he has a very anti um, authoritarian streak in what he um, what he gloms onto or what he tends to give credence to. He's also not like the deepest philosopher in the world, nor do I think he'd claim to be one. Um, yeah, he was pretty good in Get Him to the Greek, too. He's all right. No, that, movie, that movie was so terrible. You didn't like that? That movie was, no. Anything anything with Jonah Hill in it where uh, he's supposed to be funny? Yeah. No, Jonah Hill is not funny. He is not funny. He, he's yeah, great in be. his... He is great in his dramatic roles, which I find hilarious because he yep. does not seem like he would be. Uh, like Manic, was that? Yeah, Manic was that show on uh, Netflix. That sh- he was fantastic in that. Um, he was great in uh, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Um, there's been a ton of stuff that Jonah Hill has been great in. There has not been a movie of his that was a comedy that I have seen where I did not want to violate the nap on Jonah Hill's face. Wow. He annoys me you so have, much like, in comedy. You have very strong opinions about movies, which is... Uh, I d- yes, folks, I if do. If you ever want to have Matt get really emotional, ask him about his thoughts on Titanic, but not now, because we're doing a show. Uh, Jack Casey says, yeah, people grow towards liberty. Free-thinking, good-hearted people typically find us and our ideas eventually. just takes lots of time and open-mindedness. That's a good point, yeah. Um, yeah good point. Yeah. Ovens O'Brien says, Jonah Hill was great in War Dogs. I didn't see that. I actually wanted, I wanted to see that one, but I I did not see that. Um, I really like Miles Teller. Uh, He's angry. He won't admit it, but he's mad right now that you said that. Yeah, because you brought up that stupid 
fucking movie. God, that movie is so bad. That movie is so stupid. So. And it got nominated for like. Oh, here we go. 13 Academy Awards. <laughs> and it was only because they wanted to make the first billion dollar movie in Hollywood. That movie was so dumb. He's God, that Titanic. movie was stupid. This is Titanic he's talking about. God, Titanic is dumb. Because really, Billy Zane, how bad of a dude was he? He wasn't that bad of a guy. He was just like, he was just there. And like, he got mad at his girlfriend because he didn't want her cheating on him him with the, with the poor broke popper living in the streets of London. And he was like, no, well, and of course he's going to have, he's going to hate the lower class because now his girlfriend that he's supposed to marry when they get to America is cheating on him with the lower class. So yeah, he's going to be like saying these snide comments. He actually didn't do anything wrong throughout that entire movie. Uh, he just wanted to get off the boat. Oh, God, that movie is so fucking dumb. 13 Academy Awards. Do you know what movies it beat out? Do you know what movies it beat out for Best Picture? No. It beat ones? out As Good As It Gets, which Jack Nicholson was freaking fantastic in that movie. And uh, uh, Helen Hunt was wonderful Hunt, in that yeah. movie. It was a good movie. And uh, Greg Kinnear, wonderful in that movie. I think all three of them won Oscars for that movie. Do you know how many people won Oscars for acting in Titanic? One. And it was the old woman who... God, that stupid woman. She was like, oh, I don't have the heart of the ocean. Let me tell you this long, boring story about this terrible person that I dated years ago who died three days after I met him. And I've been holding on to this diamond ever since. And now uh, that I've told the story, I can just dump it into the ocean. Who cares about my kids, about my lineage? Just gone. No. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Titanic. Yeah. It also be Goodwill Hunting, and Goodwill Hunting was wow. the best movie of the year that year because Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were so fantastic. Mini Driver was so good in that movie. Robin Gus Williams. Van Sant's tour to force. Robin Williams, yes, Robin Williams, who did win an Academy Award for that movie, because uh, it was that so. Good. It was that good. It was that good, and no, they gave it to. Fucking James Cameron, who's a piece of shit director who hasn't done anything good since uh, True Lies in 1995. Uh, True Lies in or maybe 93. Uh, Yeah. Terminator. Yeah. Good. Terminator 2. Good. Abyss. Good. True Lies. Good. Everything since then that Cameron has touched is shit. I don't care what you think about Avatar. I saw it when it was called Dances with Wolves, and I saw it when it was called Ferngully, and he melded the two together, and he delivered it to you in 3D, and you all just went, oh my god, Cameron is a god. No, he's not. He sucks. He is like George Lucas when it comes to writing, and it's terrible, and it's awful, and stop thinking he is good. So Fulton versus so Pennsylvania. Fulton versus Philadelphia, yeah. <sighs> so speaking of bad so this decisions. Is, <laughs> actually, I don't mind. I, I don't mind. Uh, actually, one this of one's these not decisions. terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You need a minute. So this is a two-part decision, folks. Uh, whether the city of Philadelphia violated free exercise in, in a decision on whether to allow their Department of Human Services to give a Catholic adoption agency referrals, and if the court should refrain from reevaluating Employment Division versus Smith in this case. Matt? 
What's Employment Division versus Smith? It is a 1990 decision that ruled that uh, the free exercise clause of the Constitution does not prohibit the enforcement of an otherwise valid regulation of general applicability that incidentally burdens religious conduct. So therefore, if you are to say not have a thing for uh, if you don't like gay marriage, that does not mean that uh, and somebody says, "Okay, we are not going to do business with you because of that, then there is a free exercise clause there. You, there is right, no freedom right, of religion. Right. So due to uh, Catholic social services, which I'm certain we will refer to from here on out as CSS, uh, yes. refusal to certify same-sex couples as potential foster parents, the Philadelphia City Council passed a resolution that condemned discrimination that occurs under the guise of religious freedom. And in Instructed the city's Department of Human Services, which contract uh, which contracts with private organizations to place children in foster homes to change its contracting practices in 2018. So basically, because the Catholic adoption group would not certify same sex marriages, uh, the city's adoption uh the city, the city's human Ser- department of human services right. would no longer give them adoption leave foster children yeah foster children yeah to place right i was thinking it was people who were looking for foster children yes uh they would no longer give them foster children to adopt out to families that the css found to be like good enough to have a to to be parents right Uh, this is the worst you're, story since Titanic, Matt Ray. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, my... you're, you're still upset about Titanic. So I am so CSS, upset about Titanic. CSS and, and two foster parents, Sharon L. Fulton and Tony Lynn Simsbush, wow, those are some names, uh, went to yeah. federal court and sought a court order requiring the city to resume uh, service referrals to CSS. They contended that the city's decision to cut off referrals violated several different parts of the First Amendment. The Free Exercise Clause, which protects religious belief and expression. The Establishment Clause, which, among other things, prohibits the government from favoring non-religion over religion. And the Free Speech Clause. Yeah. Uh, a unanimous court said that the city had violated several parts of the First Amendment, which was a big win for CSS and faith-based uh, child placement organizations, which, yeah, it's true. It, it, yeah. The city is saying, we're not going to give you children because you don't believe what we believe. Big win. Yeah. Big, big win. Um, Roberts, this was a unanimous decision. There's been, I think there's been five unanimous decisions so far this term yeah in in what was expected to be a very bitterly divided court it's actually been not yep and it um, hasn't just been rubber stamping conservative stuff which is the other fear that it would be it's like no it's they're coming together a lot more than one would expect because they're a bunch right. of centrists anyway who's i don't know who said that um, um roberts began his opinion by observing that it was plain that the city's actions had burdened CSS's exercise of its religion by requiring it to choose between curtailing its mission or approving relationships inconsistent with its beliefs. Right. The city, Roberts wrote, has not shown that its goals of maximizing the number of foster families and minimizing the city's legal liability will be jeopardized by giving CSS an exemption from the non-discrimination policy. Uh, 
To the contrary, Robert suggested including CSS in the program seems likely to increase, not reduce the number of available foster parents. Yeah, because it's not like there's this other group out there saying, hey, we'll take all those kids and, and find parents for them. They're providing something that isn't there's not a lot of other people doing it right now. So it's not like, OK, well, we're reducing the number of foster parents by including CSS. It's CSS is one of the few people out there doing this. Um, so you're actually restricting the number of available parents uh, for these children. Uh, and, and it's important to note that the percentage of children, a, 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 I believe a majority, if not a majority, a very large minority of children that are in foster care who do not end up going back to their parents end up graduating from the system. What that means is that they turn 18 and don't have a family. And they get told, okay, well, you're of emancipation age now. We're not responsible for you anymore. Have a great day. And they have no guidance, and they have no parents, and they have no family. And many of them have been in there for many years and don't necessarily have relationships with their blood family and know how to reach them. And so now they've got to navigate the world having been not parented in a real, in a, any substantive way. Right. That's what CSS and other, and, and, and incidentally, I don't agree with CSS and I don't believe Matt does either that, you know, that, that uh, mm. same sex couples are uh, unsuitable. For, unfit. Yeah. Un, unfit, unfit for, for to adopt children. No, to absolutely. Adopt. I disagree no. with it. If the disagree with it wholeheartedly. Yeah, we, we disagree completely. If the alternative is to have them not go to anyone, then I would rather them go to an opposite sex couple. If those are a loving opposite sex couple it, who, who wants a child, if the alternative is nobody. Right. Absolutely. Um, I actually met graduates on the campaign trail who explained what that's like. And yeah, no, I, I, that needs to be avoided at all costs. At all costs. Um, Roberts concluded that CSS seeks only an accommodation that will allow it to continue serving the children of Philadelphia in a man, in a manner consistent with its religious beliefs. Um, CSS does not seek to impose those beliefs on anybody else, which they aren't looking to say you can't adopt a child. You just can't. Ad they're saying you can't adopt one through us, but you can go adopt one through anybody else. Right. Through anybody else. You just can't adopt one through us. Um, and while I disagree with their sentiment here, while I disagree that they aren't giving them the right to the, these people, the ability to adopt a child, mm -hmm. they are not taking away their right to do so. They're just saying they, they won't be doing that. Yeah, correct. Um, and there are plenty of kids out there available. The biggest burden in in parents trying to adopt is all of the red tape and and regulation involved in it. Um, it is not a lack of 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 supply of children or providers by any stretch of the imagination. There are plenty. If you were looking yes. to adopt someone, unless you're looking for something very specific, like people go out there and they want a white baby or something like that. Um, if you are just open to a child, 
that you can help that you can raise and and parent as your own uh, there are plenty of people out there for that right now on the second part of that on whether or not smith should be reevaluated uh the decision was 6-3 against with gorsuch thomas and alito uh in the affirmative wait yeah. Yes. No, they in the affirmative. were reevaluating it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Gorsuch noted that if the court had overruled Smith, this case would be over right now. Yeah. Yeah. But, and he also he also said the majority's course guarantees that this litigation is only getting started. Yeah. Because now you've got conflicting decisions. Not only do you have conflicting decisions, but the way that it was worded, the way that the great and all powerful, all knowing, uh, Roberts uh, wrote it is now Philadelphia just has to rewrite a law. Mm-hmm. Um, the city will resist working with CSS as long as CSS refuses to certify same sex couples. Uh, Gorsuch said, and Thursday's decision will allow the city to try to avoid doing so by rewriting its contract. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And so, it's and and like Gorsuch said, this is not limited to CSS. Uh, he mm-hmm. said uh, his quote was: "Individuals and groups across the country will pay the price in dollars, in time, and in continuing uncertainty about their religious liberties." Because you don't strike down an absurd decision that was made in 1990 that opened this entire Pandora's box, until that is addressed, and and people's right to religious freedom is acknowledged. And yes, that includes discrimination. And as libertarians, we believe that people, even as you know, we have in our in our platform uh, in the party, we hold um, um, bigotry to be irrational and repugnant. In that same plank of the platform, we say that people have the right to associate as they wish, and yes. to discriminate as they wish. We actually all discriminate every day when we choose this over this. We are discriminating. The discrimination people talk about is when you're discriminating against someone for their sexuality, their religion, their race, their gender, their uh, whatever, um, that kind of stuff, their their uh, familial status, um, their color, their, you know, um, whatever. Um, what are you going to do? Put them in jail for it? Are you going right. to tell them that they can't do business because they won't serve everyone you think they should serve? Why not just get rid of the impositions and regulations and, and, and burdens to barriers to entry that make it so that people who are marginalized have to rely on people who hate them to serve them, who are only serving them because they're required by law to do so. Can you imagine being in a situation where you are having to beg the government to force people to give you or sell you things because these people hate you and you've been robbed of the ability to be able to, to thrive and provide for yourself and create a, a provision of these services for others as well in your community. That that's the answer. Not, not this nonsense. Not, so. No. Um, and Gorsuch closed with saying individuals and groups across the country will pay the price in dollars in time and in continuing uncertainty about their religious liberties, which is 100% accurate. Yeah. Now Kavanaugh and Barrett, uh, who we were told were going to ruin everything because Donald Trump is, you know, they're going to be right-wingers or whatever. Uh, they sided with the liberal justices in both of these cases where the court was split, confusing everyone who's been fighting for and against them since their nominations because it's 
That's all. We said. We said we show, don't know. This is why you all, you all need to watch this and take in what we are saying. Because uh, uh, going back to Yakov's question, who are the most powerful people in the liberty movement? The, us. Right. Okay. Because <laughs> we're, we we're, the, we're the most powerful people in media. In media, in the liberty movement. In media. Why. Okay. Because we said from day one that more than likely, especially Kavanaugh, Barrett was more of a, a question mark because she didn't have a lot of uh, court cases to look at, but Kavanaugh did. And he's basically Merrick Garland. He's a centrist. 90, 90% agreement rate with Merrick Garland. When they nominated uh, Kavanaugh, when they nominated Kavanaugh, we we I looked it up. We looked it up and we yeah. reported on it. They said he agrees with Merrick Garland 90 percent of the time. And Spike yeah. said, you know, if I know somebody who I agree with 90 percent of the time and they want to go out and give their dis- like speak for me, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Because go ahead. There's a- yeah. And one hundred like and Kavanaugh is proving he is not the conservative firebrand that everybody thought he was going to be. He's not in it for revenge on the Democrats like everybody thought he was going to be. I'm not saying he should have done it, but I'm also not saying I wouldn't have understood if he like did. Oh, everyone. Yeah, this is going to be his revenge. No, it's not. He already forgot about that nonsense. He knew that was a bunch of political BS to get you guys to argue with each other emotionally, endlessly. They pulled all that allegation crap because they knew that Democrats, people on the left, would reflexively attack him and people on the right would reflexively defend him. And you'd all be fighting over each other for this guy who's a freaking centrist. And here he is doing exactly what Merrick Garland would have done. What an absolute mess that... That the Republicrats, with their good cop, bad cop routine, are constantly shoving into the the faces of the American people. They have you fighting with each other and unfriending and blocking your family members and arguing over Thanksgiving dinner and and you know refusing to meet well, with each other over this garbage. That had nothing to do with Kavanaugh or Barrett. I was arguing over Thanksgiving way before that. Um, yeah, well, that's I didn't mean you. You're different, Susan from Defy the Power. Hello. We are saying hi to you, Susan from oh, Defy gosh. the Power. Yes. Defy the Power. Where is that? Where is Susan? Uh, it's not Susan. Um, Susan, it, we were asked to say hi, Susan. Yes. From Susan, hi, Susan too. Uh, from Defy the Power. Uh, yes, if Defy if the you power. don't know who Defy the Power is, they make oh, these the amazing. Power. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they make these amazing tumblers. Yes. Tumblr? Therm? Tumblr? Tumblr? No, they're tumblers. They're tumblers. I, okay. I have one. That, mine's actually in the dishwasher right now because it's being used so often. Uh, it is uh, fantastic. Doesn't it say not to dishwash. Not doesn't it say to hand wash those. It's been holding up in it. <laughs> but uh, no, they make these. Ama- they make these amazing tumblers uh, that are very very cool. Um, Sarah, you got one that yours says uh, you are the power on it, right? Yeah, it says Spike Cohen. You were the power. Yeah, but I wonder if um, I'm supposed to. And and uh, Sarah got one that uh, says hashtag mom life on it. Um, it is uh, for Bobcat. Oh, it's defy the power. Um, they're not dishwasher safe. Do not put tumblers in the dishwasher, you heathen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Um, hand wash those. Um, 
But yeah, uh, if everybody, yeah, that's if if everybody goes to I don't man I don't know your website on Facebook they're Defy the Power. Um, I think I'm, it's I'm certain it's defythepower.com. Defy yeah, let me let me double check. I think it's defythepower.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but it's if, Defy. I'll put I'll put it in the in the in the comments. It's defythepower.com. They are super cool. I actually put them up on my social media when I talked about the yeah. tumbler that we got. They're really really cool. Don't put them they in are. the dishwasher. That's weird. Why would you do that? Very cool. They make so they make these tumblers um, that oh they they, they have an extra in. yeah that yeah. you can smoke weed out of. They, I mean they're, they they're bongs. Yeah, yeah they're, they're bongs. bongs. They're tumblers, but they're bongs. Um, and apparently, at the Libertarian Party of Florida convention, they sold more of those than they did at the last Dead show they were at. Which shows you what the Libertarian Party of Florida is all what about. Really about, um, and they got used too. Listen, I'm sober. Yeah, they got um, used. But I'm, I'm, I've been sober for 15 years, and I am I am confident enough in my sobriety to be able to be around people who are not sober and who are getting unsober, uh, and to not feel tempted or anything like that. Holy crap, guys! Like we they're really cool the, looking too. We were at a they're really pool. cool looking. We're at a hotel pool, guys. That's anyway. Um, yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, no, those were very well used and apparently very durable because I've been pu- putting it in the dishwasher and it's. Nelik Trap wants to know if you put your cast iron in the dishwasher too. No, I don't put the cast iron in the dishwasher. I hand wash that every time after use, of course. Gosh. And I put some... <laughs> silly, silly. So, so we got uh, incredible stuff coming up. So tomorrow, uh, on my fellow Americans, I will be interviewing Michael Bolden with the Tenth Amendment Center, and I am psyched. That's going to be fun. That's really really cool. Um, uh, for those who don't know, the Tenth Amendment Center does a lot of really cool stuff around the Tenth Amendment. And the fact that most of the stuff that's on the books should be getting nullified because it doesn't comply with the Constitution, specifically the Tenth Amendment requirement that anything that isn't explicitly granted as a power to the federal government is to be left to the states or preferably to the people. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, and then on Thursday, who is your guest on uh, the writer's block? You know, I can tell you who my guest isn't going to be, apparently, um, but I'm not going to do that because he's not going to be my guest. Um, I have a mystery guest that's going to be linked to Michigan in some way to promote the convention oh. that's going on there this weekend. Um, okay, great. Yeah, I, I don't know. who I, I know who it was going to be, but apparently a scheduling conflict came up. So now it's a mystery guest from Michigan. Nice. Well, that's not cryptic. Yes. Um, so, we're doing, so that's on Thursday. That's literally what my notes say. That's on Thursday. Um, and then on Friday, come on out to see me in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Uh, we will be doing a shoot with spike event. Um, and then come hang out with me this whole weekend at the soaring Eagle casino and resort in, uh, I believe Mount Pleasant, Michigan, uh, for the, uh, libertarian party of Michigan's, uh, 2021 convention. Uh, and then uh, wish me a happy birthday on Monday as I fly back to South Carolina on my birthday. This is how committed I am to the liberty movement. Okay? I am so committed to this movement that I'm flying around 
like a schmuck on my birthday. And then on Tuesday, a week from today, same muddy place, same-ish muddy time. And on on Sunday. Oh, gosh. I'm so used to doing it. On Sunday at 3 (laughs) p.m. Eastern, which is like 9 a.m. the previous day in Alaska, uh, 3 (laughs) p.m. Eastern, uh, it is... Uh, Cajun and Igloo from the... No, Cajun and Eskimo from the Igloo to the Usyk. And the... Come join Cajun and Eskimo as they do another show about probably Usyk's. If they don't do a show about Usyk's with the amount that I've heard about Usyk's today, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to be equally disappointed. So, folks, uh, it's going to be a Usyk Travaganza this Sunday at 3 p.m. <laughs> An Usyk Travaganza on Cajun and Eskimo from Bayous to Igloos. From Bayous to Penis Bone. Igloo to Igloosix. Igloosix. So then uh, join us on Tuesday, right back here, same muddy place, same-ish muddy time, for the next episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's events, like the cheery little little monkey boys that we are. Matt, if someone were to try to find us on the internet, I remember this time, uh, is that even possible? And if so, how? You know, it would be possible. All one would have to do, I'm going to sit back for it. The the dog is now gone, so I can oh, actually you sit can back. You can now sit back and not have to sit forward right. with the dog behind you. Right. Uh, all one would have to do is head on over to anchor.fm slash muddied waters. Muddied waters. They can listen to if you go, If you go to anchor.fm slash muddied waters, yes. you can hear all of our episodes. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. You can also do things like leave us messages that we will play live on the air. Next time I'm going to figure out why my browser wouldn't play that sound because I don't know what that was about, but we'll figure it out next time. Right. We're going to figure that out. Yes. And you can also donate money to us that we will use. Yes. That we we will use to never bring up Usyx again. We, if you don't want us to talk about dick bones, then you got to give us money. Right. Usyk. 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 Okay, I just don't want to do this anymore. All you have to do is donate and I'll stop. We'll stop. (laughs) Give us money. I just please. I don't have any control over what Matt does, but if you give him money, he'll stop. I promise. That's right. I'm the good guy here. I'm just trying to stop this from happening. Alex's grandmother is wondering what the hell she is listening to. Oh my gosh, why would you have your grandmother listen to this? Or you can find this in every other episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com. Now, before we that go, amazing. Uh, before we go, 
I have to tell this story that is definitely not my story, but because Nalik is saying things in the comments and her grandmother is listening, I want to tell this story. Um, we all know how much Spike loves salmon. Mm-hmm. And that Spike will eat a metric ton of it a weekish, roughly. Yeah, several hundred pounds More, anyway. Yeah. yeah, so much, so much salmon. So much salmon and mahi. Um, it's just, it's it's impressive, really. Yeah. But I asked Spike, what was the most impressive thing he has ever done to curb a salmon craving? What is... And his answer was not as impressive as Nullick, who, whilst pregnant, <laughs> caught a salmon with her bare hands slid it open and threw it on a fire that she made <laughs> yeah right there and then ate it and honestly i thought that was the most badass story ever that's pretty hard and I, I was so impressed by it i had to tell everybody yeah i've been telling people too we have someone and on I, muddy waters who beats animals to death and then feasts on their flesh right while they're pregnant while they're pregnant. pregnant, like 36 weeks pregnant, this woman is. <laughs> she, she was, she was like 30, 30 weeks, 35 weeks yeah. pregnant, something yeah. like that she when she like did this. Big, big pregnant and just had to, you know, as one does, hillbilly hand fished a salmon out of the water and then beat it to death. <laughs> 30, yeah, 36 weeks yeah, pregnant. Week, yeah, 36 weeks pregnant. Week yeah unbelievable shout out to dominic Um, flores for the uh for the donation by the way thank you dominic yes dominic says character (laughs) holding their head in their hands saying you're my number one thank you that's an emoji that shows up on youtube oh i can't yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) so So, folks tune in next week (laughs) yes well tune in tomorrow no tune tomorrow tune in tomorrow tune in tomorrow Michael Bolden on My Fellow Americans. Uh, tune in uh, Thursday, Mystery Michiganer uh, yep. for uh, the Writer's Block. Uh, Friday, Saturday, uh, and Sunday, come hang out with me in uh, Michigan. And then on Sunday at 3, uh, the Usyk special. Then uh, uh, on Tuesday, uh, on Monday's my birthday. I'm not doing just wish i guess say just kiss the air and say happy birthday i don't know as he flies over your state do you know what i would like for my birthday money give us money just make donations of money money i'm 39 so give us 3900 dollars. and then on tuesday uh go to anchor.fm slash muddy waters and give us 30 that's the wrong nope this is give it go to anchor.fm slash muddy waters and don't pledge to give us $39 a month for the rest of your life. I don't know. Something. Give us money. Something and then like on that, Tuesday, but... join us right back here for uh, another amazing episode of My Full Americans. Yes, the Jew wants money. Everyone is shocked. Thank you. Um, <laughs> folks, thanks so much for tuning in again. We will see you uh, all week now that Muddy Waters Media is a growing conglomerate. Conglomerate. We're going to learn how to say that now that we are one. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. We love you. And where we're going... We don't need roads.